Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. going to say, I'm okay, God is great, right? Okay. I can't see you, so just so you know that, Uh, but I just had eye surgery, and so if I start crying, it might be because of that, or it might be because of the Holy Spirit. Actually, I'm going to go off script already. I'm already in the red, I think, but I'm going to go off script. I started crying over there. I remember six years ago, he just talked about serving beyond borders. When we were in that old theater, Pastor Kenton was leading worship. Pastor David's beating on the drums in the cage. And, and I was standing against the wall in worship. And God said, serving beyond borders, started. And it was launched out of Radiant Church, out of being here. And if you listen, God may speak to you tonight. And your life may be changed and never be the same. Do you believe it? Yes. Yeah, amen. Okay. So, whew. I'm, the worship was awesome. Thank you, yes. worship team. Yeah. This is just a cherry on an already awesome dessert we've had. So got my computer up here because I'm going to do some teaching, but I'm also going to preach. I was preaching to myself. I always preach to myself today, and my wife thought I was having some kind of attack upstairs in my room, falling against the walls and everything. But uh, <laughs> I need to listen to the Lord. Would you just bow with me in prayer, please? I'm just going to pray or the ancient prayer. Father, what we know not, teach us. And what we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. To you, Lord, and to your glory alone, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I love what Pastor Aaron said. He didn't even know what I was going to talk about, but we talked about family. We're a family, and that's what I wanted to start off by. This is this is first Wednesday, and we're going to have a little family talk. And, and if you're a visitor, please come back on Sunday. Sunday is awesome. We love Sunday mornings. But Wednesdays is kind of family time. And if you've ever gone to somebody's family reunion or you don't maybe get the inside jokes, maybe you're wondering why we were taking that little piece of bread. I remember the first time I heard Moshe Rosen from Jews for Jesus talk about seeing a communion service, and he really thought they were eating dead people. And so you may be a little freaked out. We didn't. It's just a symbol. But, but we're going to talk a little bit today uh, of a family talk, and you get to listen in. Because I'm talking to you who are believers in Jesus Christ. I want to talk to the church of Jesus Christ that meets at Radiant, who believed that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that he died on the cross for your sins, and by experiencing that and his resurrection, you have new life in him. And that's what I want to talk about. Now, the message I'm giving tonight actually has a different family talk because I'm stealing it from my son. Our oldest son is a pastor, and he came to speak at the old RLA, which is now the Radiant uh, Evening Classes at the Radiant College, and he came and spoke it right before COVID hit. And I'm like, wow, people were really impacted by this. And I didn't think it was, I mean, it was good. So it put me on a path. I mean, I don't know what you did during COVID, but I started reading Reformed Theology and the Reformers, not Reformed Theology, but the Reformers and Jonathan Edwards and Martin Luther and John Calvin. And, and, it, and I saying, yeah, this is why people were so excited to hear the message. So I'm stealing this from my son who stole it from, stole it from John Piper, who stole it from Jonathan Edwards, who stole it from the Apostle Paul, who stole it from Jesus. So we got good company <laughs> of the line that this went to, okay? Now I want to ask family... I want to ask a little question. I want you to look around. 
want you to raise your hand. Do you know anybody who started off in the Christian faith? They, they, they started going to church. They started getting excited about Jesus, and then they've fallen away. They don't go to church anymore. Raise your hand if you know somebody. Now look around at all the hands raised. If you're watching online, raise your hand and look around the room. Okay, if you're by yourself, that's awkward. But uh, <laughs> you should see the hands that have gone up. Most of us know somebody who started and is not finished. They're not finishing. And I've been thinking about that. Why is that? Why do people walk away from the faith? And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about story. The story. What is the story? What is the story of life about? I'll never forget years ago, I heard a, a man talking and he was, he said a, a father came up to him one day and said, my daughter, I can't believe it. She met this boy and my sweet little girl now is dressing goth and, and cutting herself and she's going down dark paths. I don't even know my daughter anymore. What happened? And this man said to the father, that boy has given her a better story. And I started thinking about that, and I've been meditating on this ever since Pastor Aaron talked to me. I, I had two other messages I wrote. He asked me, he, I said, what's the topic? He goes, speak on your heart. Well, Pastor Aaron should know my heart has ADD just like my mind does. So I wrote three messages, but that kept coming back to this, kept coming back to this, kept coming back to this. Because I don't want to see you fall away. I don't want you to see be a casualty, but, but maybe you are because maybe you've been listening to the wrong story. Our, our society is literally coming apart right now. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Literally, why? Why? You know why? Because these young people are realizing they've been sold a bad story. Oh, just have the American dream. Just go to college. Just get a job. Just make money. Just buy this nice house, and you'll be happy. And they look at their parents, and their parents are miserable. Wow. And they're like, is this really the story? Capitalism is it, but they're all in debt from college, so they're saying, let's tear it down. Now, I don't want to get political. Get political in your groups. Get political at home. But today, I want to talk about Jesus Christ and the story he has for us. I started at COVID going through the greatest theology book ever written, and I'm still going through it, and I'm in chapter 11 now of Romans. And I've been just dealing in the book of Romans because it is the greatest book of theology and Paul lays out our salvation in it and how God realized we were sinners. We have rebelled against him, but he did something about that. And you who are believers in Jesus Christ, you know, he sent Jesus so we could be justified. I love how we sang that tonight. We can be justified because Christ died on the cross for our sins. And we can live now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can have victory. And then at the end of chapter 11, when Paul does all this theology, he comes to this crescendo. And, and he says it so great. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has given first to him and has not been given back to him again for from him and through him and to him are all things and that is the story that is the story of what life's about Paul after laying out all the theology sums it all up right there and life is about God and you know that you know that, but I want to take it a little deeper because this is First Wednesday, right, Pastor Aaron? He says we can go deep, so I want to put your theological blender on high and stir it around, and I want you to take it home, and I want you to drink deep from the well of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. So the question is, but what is God about? 
If it's all about God, well, what is God about? Because we should be what God is about because we're all about God, right? Well, what is God about? Well, Paul says, because if you notice my little dot, dot, dots there in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, I didn't finish it. Because at the end of his crescendo, he says this, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Done. Paul's like, I'm done. But he wasn't done. He does chapter 12 and he tells us how to live. But when it comes to theology, when it comes to what is life about, life is about God and God is about his glory. And this is the sentence. My son said it at the retreat and I've just been pondering, pondering it. God's ultimate purpose in everything is his own glory. I could literally finish right there, but your kids are having so much fun at Kids Thing tonight. Now, don't turn off TV if your kids aren't here, but I got to preach just so your kids can experience what's going on tonight at kids camp. But that's it. If you just meditate on that the rest of your life, your life will be changed and you will never fall away. Because you're going to go through dark waters. It's life. It's life. There is sin, the fall, and and the story is messed up here on this earth. And you're going to go through it. And what's going to happen is you are going to be asking questions. Why did this happen to me? How did this happen? Why did I get sick? Why did my mother die? Why is my spouse walking out of me? Why are my kids rebelling? Why did I lose my job? Why is the world being turned upside down? Why did they vote for Trump? Why did they vote for Biden? See? Look at this. And if you don't have an anchor, if you don't have a better story, you're going to be spiritually like that girl who fell away and didn't listen to her dad anymore. Now, I said that God's ultimate purpose is his glory, right? Now, what I want to do is I'm going to go off on a tangent. I'm going to stay back because I'm going to get wild. I want the spit to go flying because I'm going to go fast and furious here for 15 minutes. And I'm going to show you out of the 60 verses that I have back on my desk at my office, at my home, I've only taken a portion of them to show you that God's purpose is his own glory. So you ready? Now, what is God? Why did God create the heavens and the earth? Did you ever think about it? Well, in Isaiah, the seraphim are singing in heaven. One calls out to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Why did God create things? Because the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Creation is to declare the glory of God. Why did God create human beings? You ever wonder that? Isaiah tells us, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my son from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name. Why? For you? So you can be happy? No. For whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even who I have made. That's why God created us. Why did God call Israel? What's the whole Old Testament about these people, these descendants of Abraham? He said to my servants, he said to me, you are my servant Israel, in whom I will show my glory, God said. Why did God rescue Israel from Egypt? Why did he bring them out of slavery as a picture of redemption when he pulled you out of slavery. The same reason he saved you is the same reason he rescued Israel. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember your abundant kindness but rebelled by the sea at the 
the Red Sea. Nevertheless, when you were rebellion just like Israel, he saved them. Why? For his own name's sake, and he might make his power known. That's why God saves you. Why did God raise up Pharaoh? Why is God raising you up? For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate Pharaoh's power, to make Pharaoh happy, so Pharaoh could find his best life now. No, he did it to demonstrate God's power, that he might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. Why did God remain faithful to Israel when Israel rebelled? Why is God remaining faithful to you when you're rebellion? This is why Samuel said to the people, do not fear, you have committed all this evil, yet you did not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Why? For the Lord will not abandon his people, amen? But why is he not gonna abandon us? On account of his great name, not your name, his great name, because the Lord has been pleased to make a people for himself. That's why he does it. You want to keep going? Let's go. Why did God remain faithful to Israel? For the sake of my name, I delay my wrath. For my praise, I restrain it for you in order to not to cut you off. For my own sake, God says, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned? And, and listen to this people, listen to this people, listen to this people three times. Holy, holy, holy. And my glory, I will not give to another. But let's get to the New Testament. Why did Jesus come to the earth? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word who was God, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? So we could see his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus reflects the glory of God. That's why we worship him. Why did Jesus come to earth again? God in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed an heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, and he is the radiance of of what? His glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by his power. That's who Jesus is. The glory of God manifests. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Now my soul has become troubled, Jesus said. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again because God lives for his glory, not yours. You better remember that or you will be a casualty. But let's go on. Why did God save you? Oh, radiant college people. I see some of them here. Listen, this is a verse you better memorize. Pastors, you better say it every day to yourself. Have this same attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he what? He emptied himself and taking on the form of a bondservant and being found in the appearance of man and being found in the likeness of man. I got it backwards. Sorry. He emptied himself. No, I'm sorry. I got excited there. He became obedient, right? Maybe I should memorize it. <laughs> he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But why? Why did Jesus do it? Why are we going to confess his name? So we can feel good about ourselves? So we can just find our happiness in ourselves? No. Why? To the glory of God the Father. Wow. Why does God forgive our sins? I, even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions. For my own sake, I will not remember your sins. Look what the New Testament says. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven for my name's sake. 
That's what God says. What's God's purpose in salvation? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us as sons to adoption through Jesus Christ to himself. Why? According to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of his grace, the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. I'm catching my breath because I'm going to get wound back up. I haven't even started. <laughs> what is God's purpose in the church? What is he? What is radiant about? Radiant about radiant? No. Once radiant becomes about radiant, we're all in trouble. That's right. Okay? That's Pastor Aaron, I heard my, I, I have spies. I just want you to know that. And I heard you said this at staff. What did you just say at staff this week? If we start making it about us, we're in trouble, Right? It's about God. Because why? Because look what the church is about. Now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Radiant is about the glory of God. Amen. And good job, family. Let your light shine. Why do we live the Christian life? Why, do Pastor, why does Pastor Aaron and the team preach every week to help encourage you to live the, what I love to call the radical Christian life? Because there's a lot of Christians out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's called the radical Christian life in my book because that means you're living full on. I love what he said tonight because that's my saying. You stole my saying. <laughs> Listen to this online. The radical Christian life is fully committed to Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. That's right. And when you live that way, this is why. Let your light shine before men in such a good way that they, in such a way that they see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. You don't do it so people will glorify you. They glorify God because they watch the good works in you. What is the purpose? Look at this. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You go out and bear fruit so God can be glorified. That's why we live the radical Christian life. Why does God answer prayer, right? You pray. James says, you pray, but you do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. But look why you get prayers answered. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when you pray that would, so for something that will bring glory to God, you're going to receive it. So if you want your marriage restored and you're praying for that, or you want your marriage restored so you'll be happy, or you want your marriage restored so that you literally will see, people will see God glorified in your marriage. Are you wanting that wayward child to come back so you can feel good about your family? Or do you want that wayward child to come back because that child deserves to praise God because God deserves that child's glory? That's why you pray. <laughs> Told you, I'm backing up. I'm getting wound up, right? Why do we do missions? I was a missionary for many years. Why? Because I could help those poor heathens overseas. No, 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 no. For I know their works and their thoughts. The time is coming together, all nations and tongues, and they will come and see my glory. We do missions because God deserves the praise of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's why we do missions. Psalm 86, there is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Almost there. Are you holding on? Are you doing okay? It's like, remember that old commercial with that guy sitting in front of the speakers and he's all blown away? Like, I tell you, you're all sitting there. Oh. 
Why is Jesus coming back? Listen to what Thessalonians says. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and be marveled at among all who have believed, for our testimony to you was believed. He's coming back to be glorified in us. That's right. Hallelujah. What fills the new heaven and new earth? Why do you want to go to heaven? So you can play golf all day? Shop all day? Get that tan you've always wanted? No, 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 no. That's not even what heaven's about. And I will know, so, and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God and the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. It's about God. Yes. It's about God. Yeah. What is the vision, God's vision for earth? And I close with this, not the sermon, but I'm going to close this part. <laughs> for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters covers the sea. Oh, good. So, when you question or wonder, why does God do what he does? Why did this happen to me? Why is this going? What's going on with our world? What, what, why? There's one resounding answer given in scriptures. That's right. My purpose for the works I do is for my glory and my glory alone. Now, can you handle that? This is why C.S. Lewis writes in the great, his book, The Great Divorce, about people who go from hell up into heaven. He has this great line. He says, Milton was right. Those who say, I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. Wow. So if I'm talking all about the glory of God and it kind of bothers you a little bit, there's something off. And that's called sin. Because I don't have it in here, but you all know the verse if you've been around church. You ever heard of Romans 3.23? For all have sinned, Right? And fall short of the glory of God. You get it? See, when you sin, you're falling short of God's glory, and it's all about God's glory. And that's why you're not satisfied. That's why you do things, but you're not ultimately satisfied. And John Piper in his book, if you want to read a good book, a little bit heavy, but it's better than the reformers. He's just a modern reformer. I was telling somebody today, the reformers are great. What I can say in one sentence, they can write a whole page about. It drives me crazy. You know, I'm the Cliff Notes guy. But John Piper in his book, Desiring God, he faces the objections that we all wrestle with. What, wasn't, is God an egotist making it all about his glory? No, because if God doesn't make it about himself, he's no longer God. And there's nothing outside himself that you can be satisfied in. So when you try to find happiness outside of God, God is not being who he's supposed to be. The one in whom you should find happiness. So good, I make known to you the paths of life. In my presence is fullness of joy, the Lord says. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore, Psalm 1611. Now, if the story of life is about God and God is about his own glory, well then, what's your life about? It's a great if then. If this is true, if what I have proven you is true, that the story is about God and God is about his own glory, then what's your life about? It's, it's logic 101. If the premises are true, then you have to draw the right conclusion. And the conclusion is your life is for giving God glory. Do you? Because the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, the two great disciples of Jesus, when they come together in an agreement, you need to listen. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
He sums it up. Do everything for the glory of God. Are you doing everything for the glory of God? Did you buy your house to give God glory? Is that why you bought that house so that God would get glory in it? Or did you buy it because it was going to make you happy? And then you're going to find out you're miserable. And you're going to find out you don't have enough money to pay your mortgage because you didn't make God first. You made the house first and the house isn't going to pay your mortgage. God will pay your mortgage. Sorry, I just got to call it out. Listen to what Peter says. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Don't get tired of it. And ever and ever and ever. Amen. So why are we happy? Why are we Christians? We come to church, we have it, but yet our marriages look terrible. Our children are rebelling. Our, our, not everyone's, I don't want to exaggerate, but too many. What is too many? Why is this happening in the church? Because we've been listening to the wrong story. We've been listening to the story that sells us on the outside. That we can find happiness outside of Jesus. That we can be satisfied outside of Jesus. I love what John Piper says. You've heard this quote probably. We've probably done it here a couple times, but just to remind us again. We are all starved for the glory of God, not self. No one goes to the Grand Canyon to increase self-esteem. That's great. Why do we go? Because there is greater healing for the soul in beholding splendor than there is in beholding self. Indeed, what could be more ludicrous in a vast and glorious universe like this than a human being on a speck called earth standing in front of a mirror trying to find significance in his own self-image? It is a great sadness that this is the gospel of the modern world. And you're going to have to wrestle with this just like I did, just like every true disciple of Jesus Christ did. You're going to have to lay down your life because I'm not saying you're not saved, but there comes a point in most disciples' life where they have to say, who am I going to live for? That's right. Am I going to live for God's glory or am I going to live for my happiness? Yes. And when you start living for your happiness, you're going to start listening to the lies of the world. Yeah. I had an extreme. I'm going to go off script for a second. I don't know. I got time, I think. <laughs> but I want you to hear this. I want my young people to hear this. Uh, I, I read about one of the presidential candidates was, in, was interviewed by this rapper, and I had never heard of her, and I, so I, I Googled it. And she has a video, it was like the number one video of just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, some of you already, like, you, yeah, I watched a video. No, wait, I want to get serious now. Wait, let me, okay, my BC days, do you know what I mean by that? Okay, I come from the dregs. I have been in evil, I've been places where I've seen evil personified. And I'm telling you, I'm ashamed of what I've seen. I'm ashamed of what I did before I became a Christian. Thank God. I, that's why I cry and worship every time I think my sins are forgiven. But when I watched this video, I could not believe what I was hearing and seeing. And so I hurry up and Google Pastor John and Pastor Sarah. And I said, do the young people know about this? I guess there's 400 or 200 million views. So I'm sure a few young people have seen it. <laughs> And she write, they write me and say, sadly, yes, this is a lot of the young, not radiant young people, I'm just saying young people in general have seen this. And I don't want to get too weird, but I just started crying. And I literally wrote back and said, Pastor John and Pastor, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. 
Because these young kids are being told this narrative that they can find happiness and joy and doing immorality and doing things. But then I'm looking, I'm thinking, but don't the parents, haven't we done the same thing, just maybe not as extreme, trying to find our happiness outside, trying to find our happiness outside of Jesus? So why shouldn't the kids take it to an extreme? We have to give the kids a better story. So here, you need to get this saying by John Piper. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I love my wife, but you know what? I tell this story all the time. One time we were date, I mean married, we're earlier in our marriage, and we're getting hot and heavy. You can do that when you're married. And I mean, it is great. And the kids are out in play carry, so I can talk a little straight. This is first Wednesday. You can handle it. You're adults. And that's what marriage is for. And my wife and I, and it was going to be a great date night. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, I love you more than anything. I pushed her away. I said, don't you ever say that. You better love Jesus Christ more than me or our marriage won't work. And we have a great marriage because Jesus Christ is glorified in our marriage. Jesus Christ, I love my kids. Many of you know my four kids. They're all crazy, just like mom and dad. And they all walk with Jesus. But you know what? I don't live for my kids. I live for my kids to glorify the one who I live for. And that's why my kids walk with Jesus. What are your kids seeing in you? Are you satisfied in God? That's why I'm willing to die. All this nonsense about fear of COVID. Well, if I die, you know what? I follow a guy who said for me to die, to live as Christ and to die is gain. I'm not afraid to die because I'm going to heaven because I have a better story. What is your story? I'm going to a place where there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more racism. There'll be no more gender issues. There'll be no more problems. There is going to be a place where they're going to wipe away every tear and we're going to worship and glorify God forever. What is your story? I'm not joking, when I practice today, I said, Lord, if I die tonight, I'll be happy if I get this message out. Because <laughs> God is so worthy. If you understand the verse, though, taste and see that the Lord is good, how blessed is a man who takes refuge in him. If you've tasted and experienced it, why do you live for something else? It's what C.S. Lewis said. You're like the kids who would rather play in the mud in the slums because they can't imagine how amazing a vacation by the beach would be. And so you're playing around with adultery here in your marriage. You're playing around with pornography. You're playing around with materialism, thinking buying another outfit's going to make you happy. You think buying a certain car is going to make you happy. Buy a car. Buy a house. Use it for God's glory and you'll be okay. But if you're doing it to find happiness, you won't. <laughs> so here's my little crazy ending, right? America runs on Duncan, right? But you know what? Radiant Church runs on the glory of God. They say, hey, wait a second, I'm not even done. They say a diamond is forever. But at Radiant, we believe God's glory is forever. General Electric may bring good things to life, but at Radiant, we've seen dead people raised to life. You know what? They say Disney is the happiest place on earth. No way. When I'm at Radiant, worshiping with my brothers and sisters and giving glory to God, I am in the happiest place on earth. 
Have you found the treasure? Have you found the pearl of great price? It's called the kingdom of God, where we'll give glory to God forever and ever. And you can live in it right now. So everyone sit down and bow your heads and get serious with God right now. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. Have you been giving your praise? Have you been giving your glory to someone else, to something else, or even worse, to yourself? Today's the day to find true satisfaction and true joy, because you need to make a commitment that you're gonna live for God's glory. You wanna see God glorified on the earth. You're gonna pray for missions so that people from every tribe and tongue and nation will give the glory that God deserves. You're gonna make a commitment right now that your marriage, your family, some of you are gonna repent to your children, you're gonna repent to your spouse and say, I'm sorry, I've been living for you or I've been living for the world. I repent right now. I'm gonna live for God's glory and I'm gonna use our marriage to give him glory. I'm gonna use our children to give him glory. I'm gonna use my job to give him glory. I'm gonna use my school to give him glory. I am going to live a life that has a better story. I'm gonna live for the glory of God forever. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything demonstrative. I'm gonna ask you just to go out and live it today. And when you are satisfied in God, he will get the glory. And you watch what he'll do in your life. God, you see the people's hearts. Work in their hearts right now, Lord. Stir them. Stir them, Lord. Receive their praise. Receive their blessing right now that is praising your glorious name. To you, God, be the glory forever. You, God, be the glory here at Radiant Church. Not to us, O oh Lord, at Radiant. Not to us, O oh Lord, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness forever. Be glorified in your church because you are worthy. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.